Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing? I'm well. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. The schedule gets released tonight. I'll be doing a Steeler show for that. And so at least it's something NFL-ish that we can kind of look forward to here. Yeah, we're being spoiled a little bit. Still still uh, kind of recovering from the NFL draft, and now we get the schedule. So the NFL basically operating as normal while while the rest of the world burns. <laughs> it's It's a crazy thing to see. Uh, Matt, we talked about it earlier in the week on our listener question episode. This is kind of a bonus episode for us, and we've got a big bonus in Evan Silva. Evan is, of course, the co-founder uh, at Establish the Run. Evan, how's it going today? Uh, it's going great. How about you guys? Fantastic. Yeah, we're good. We're good. As I mentioned, uh, we are still st- uh, still kind of recovering, still taking it all in from the NFL draft. And Evan, I know you've got some takes on these rookies uh, how they're going to fit in uh, in the near future and in dynasty leagues. And I don't know, it feels like this year, maybe more than ever, we've got a lot of tough decisions. It seems like in a typical year, players kind of sort into their ADP and there's a clear 101. And uh, and basically, almost every rookie draft kind of looks the same. That is not the case this year. I think dynasty players have a lot of tough decisions, especially in the first round of rookie drafts. And that's, that's really what we want to get your thoughts on today. We're going to start at the top because the one Oh one is not a slam dunk. Uh, it, it's Jonathan Taylor who lands in an, an ideal spot with the Colts, uh, as a, as a second rounder, he was the pre-draft one Oh one for most people. It seems, uh, he was the one Oh one in our ADP at dynasty league football. But then of course you get Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, the first running back drafted first round, best situation with the Kansas city chiefs. So if, if you're advising dynasty players making that decision at the top pick Clyde Edwards, Hilaire versus Jonathan Taylor, what would you do? Yeah, I think that Edwards, Hilaire kind of confidently overtook Jonathan Taylor. Point oh one. Um, you know, at this point, I think that virtually every dynasty league is PPR. I know that every single one of my, dynasty leagues that I play in is PPR and Clyde Edwards Hilaire could, you know, I think in, in year one and really in years going forward, beat Jonathan Taylor in yearly receptions by like 40 or 50. So, you know, I think that that is, would just kind of be the, the starting point. As you mentioned, it's a great landing spot really for both players. I think that Jonathan Taylor will not take uh, very long at all to supplant Marlon Mack as the Colts, primary early down runner, and then Marlon Mack will most likely not be resigned by the Colts in 2021. He is entering a contract year. Um, and Clyde Ed- Edwards-Hilaire, I believe, uh, should be the clear-cut 1.01 right now. I totally agree with you, Evan. And I'm not worried at all about Marlon Mack, and I don't own him anywhere. I'm not a big Mack fan to begin with. But if Taylor's fumbles start to creep into the equation, they have a suitable replacement for him right there. I mean, that worries me a little. I think Taylor's a limited, eh, maybe he could turn into a four-net-like receiver, but that's a long way down the road. And I just look at these two offenses and how they want to play football over the next couple years. I think the Colts are going to be very ground-and-pound, try to win games 20-17, to where Kansas City's going to win them 40-20. to yeah, and the offensive stability and reliability 
of the Chiefs. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is not going anywhere, and Tyreek Hill isn't going anywhere, and Travis Kelsey probably still got two or, or three really strong years left. And whereas the Colts, you know, Phillip Rivers is on a one-year deal, and they don't necessarily have a quarterback of the future. Um, it might be Jacob Eason, but it probably isn't. I mean, fourth-round picks rarely you know, turn into franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. T.Y. Hilton is probably in his final year with the Colts. They do have a great offensive line that I think is going to be is going to stay intact uh, over the next couple of years, and and that is working in favor of Jonathan Taylor. But the stability of the Chiefs' offense, I think, is significantly superior to the Colts uh, in in you know the next two or three year window. Evan, uh, along with rookie drafts, that uh, there, there's also a lot of dynasty startup drafts going on and and we're collecting adp for that at dlf as well Uh, i don't know if you saw this i I mentioned this earlier in the week in our latest adp of course that's post draft clyde edwards hilaire is the 1.12 in startup drafts is that too rich for you Ooh, it's a lot to bite (laughs) off yeah yeah that it's it's awfully rich i mean right i i was doing some startup drafts before the NFL draft, you know, I God, he, I mean, where, where was he going? Like fourth, fifth round. So he gained like so many rounds worth of equity. If you got him in a startup draft before the draft, um, I, he might not even been going, going that high. I haven't done any startup drafts since the NFL draft, but I feel like I'd ha- have to actually do a draft myself to, to be, you know, really bullish on, on a take here. Um, but man, that is, that's really, you know, what has stood out to me and I, I've really focused on, redraft since the NFL draft is how bullish people are on Clyde Edwards Hilaire in redraft. I mean, people are talking about him as, you know, a top seven or eight running back as a fringe first round pick in a redraft. And I mean, I have him like as a third rounder. So I don't know that I, I get it, but it is, you know, as, as Matt said, it's, it's a lot to chew on. Yeah, def- definitely feels Pretty rich. So if we've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at one, Jonathan Taylor at two, presumably, uh, that's that's the way we're going based on Evan's advice. We get to 1.03, and, and, and again, this is not a clear decision. Uh, at least a couple of running backs to consider. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, both likely on the board at three. And, and then I know some people are even factoring Cam Akers into that equation. If you're sitting at 1.03 in the dynasty rookie draft, how are you sorting that out? And, and ultimately, who are you taking of those three running backs? It's an interesting decision because I think that DeAndre Swift's uh, receiving projection is significantly higher than is J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. But J.K. Dobbins could like rip the cover off in that uh, in that offense as a rusher. But I'm really I'm concerned about J.K. Dobbins receiving use in Baltimore. First of all, I think that you know even if they expand the the offense a little bit um, as Lamar Jackson kind of matures, I think at the end of the day it's going to remain one of the the run heaviest offenses in the league. That's Greg Roman's track record anyway. Um, and then you know so they're not going to be throwing the ball a lot. Period. And then. In the instances where, you know, it's like it's say it's it's third down, Lamar Jackson looks, his his reads are covered, he is likelier to take off and run than he is to dump it down and check it down to J.K. Dobbins. And that that's fine. You know, that 
freaking Lamar Jackson is an incredible runner. So that is, you know, that's fine. Uh, but that's not good news for J.K. Dobbins. So that is my concern with him. And then with DeAndre Swift, the, the concern is, I mean, I think that Carryon Johnson is a good player, and he's not going away, um, you know, within the next couple of years. And I just don't really like that organization. Um, you know, the, the Lions organization, I sort of don't trust them to do optimal things. And, you know, are, are, like I'm concerned a little bit about Matthew Stafford's health. I mean, he's had recurring back problems. Uh, they might be looking at a new quarterback as soon as next offseason. So uh, this is a really tough decision. And I have done only one post-draft rookie draft. And I actually personally took DeAndre Swift over J.K. Dobbins. And then I sort of regretted it after I did. So I don't know. That, that's, I guess that's my long way of saying I don't know. Would you make a case for Cam Akers there at all, or is he lower for you? He, he, I mean, he's, I think it, he's in the same tier. Yeah. So I, I think I would have him below those guys. I just I don't think he's as good as DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins. But, man, that was a, it's a good landing spot. Um, you know, he's going to catch the ball a good amount, I think with the Rams and he's, he belongs in that tier in that conversation. I actually have them ranked Dobbins, Acres, Swift, and it's close of course, but I just envision Dobbins running through huge, huge holes with defenders in conflict off read option, just like he did at Ohio state. Ingram to me is a one year speed bump, maybe a two month speed bump. He'll go past him in no time. And I think why Akers isn't getting enough credit, in my opinion, is everyone thinks the Rams are so stupid because they didn't draft offensive linemen. And I think there's a case to be made for that. But after they traded for Austin Corbett, and if you look at the last month, six weeks or so of the season, that line was playing pretty damn well. And I think Akers is an immense talent. I don't see Henderson as an impediment at all. I don't think Gurley ran well on his own merits. I think Akers might be the offensive rookie of the year this year. Yeah, for me, and, and Evan, you kind of got into this a little bit, but, but for me, and, and I've mentioned this on Twitter, Swift versus Dobbins, they're, they're so close that it comes down to Lions versus Ravens. And I know I'm taking the Ravens in that uh, decision every single time. So I'm siding with Dobbins, but certainly it is close. That's what makes it one of these tough decisions. Beyond the running backs, Evan, we've got Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. They were the top two wide receivers entering the draft. Uh, They were the second and third wide receivers drafted in the NFL draft, both with landing spots that I think have dynasty players concerned. Judy in Denver, C.D. Lamb in Dallas, some crowded uh, crowded depth charts there uh, for both teams. And in Judy's case, maybe some quarterback questions as well with Drew Locke. How are these two ranking for you? I think I'm just going to go with the guy who I think, well, I like them both. Uh, yeah. And I like I liked Jerry Judy more than C.D. Lamb before the draft. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy who's jumping into the highly explosive offense. I mean, I love everything about Dallas's offense right now. I do think that they're going to get Dak Prescott signed long-term. You know, it, it looks like C.D. Lamb is going to be the long-term number three receiver in Dallas. But, I mean, he's so good that I don't think you could even rule out him emerging it as something better uh, by his second season 
And I think that he's going to – like, they're just going to score a lot of points yeah. in Dallas. Um, so I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb uh, by a hair here. Uh, in, in, in Denver, I think that Cortland Sutton is going to be around long term. He's got, what, two years left anyways on his rookie deal, and they'll, they'll probably sign him to extension with the, the rapid rate at which he improved from year one to year two. He really became, I think he's a top 15 receiver in the league. And K.J. Hamler uh, is going to be around for at least the next four years. Um, I, I mean, I think that Jerry Judy is a baller, but you mentioned it, the, the uncertainty with uh, Drew Locke and the, just the likelihood that the Cowboys are just going to score a lot more points over the next three or four years than I think the Broncos will. I'm going to side with C.D. Lamb. They're great points, Evan, and I, I have a hard time disputing any of them, and I certainly could see Lamb as Dallas's leading receiver in 2021, 2022. Who knows what Amari's going to be doing? And shouldn't Denver have been the team that went out and signed Andy Dalton? Like, I, I, I them jumping in the deep end with Drew Locke and nothing behind him baffles me to a, some degree. I still have Jerry Judy a little bit ahead of Lamb, though, just because I liked them better two weeks ago. I thought he was a better prospect. Evan, uh, with with both Judy and Lamb, as I said, kind of, uh, certainly ripple effects in both of those offenses. There's been, in the dynasty community, a lot of concern about Michael Gallup post-NFL draft, a little bit of concern about Cortland Sutton. Uh, would you be worried if you owned either of those guys on your dynasty teams? I mean, I guess it's not ideal I mean, you know, neither had a Terry McLaurin situation where just the, the Redskins just like punted on receivers until the fourth round. And, you know, Gandy Golden's kind of interesting. But yeah, when, when is the last time that a small school day three receiver hit? I mean, that's, it's got to be, you know, that, that's really, really rare. So, you know, a guy like Terry McLaurin made it out of the draft looking just prime. Uh, whereas these other guys took, you know, kind of significant hits to, I mean, they just added a lot of talent uh, and guys that are going to command targets in those passing games, I just, I really still like both guys as players. And I think that they are, you know, I'm, I'm not as bullish on them. Like um, from a redraft standpoint right now, you know, I kind of, I bumped Sutton down a little bit. I bumped Gallup down a little bit, but these guys are excellent talents and they're really young and they haven't reached their peak yet. And Michael Gallup was what number six in the NFL and receiving yards per game last year. And, um, I mean, he, over his last 16, his numbers are almost identical to uh, Amari Cooper over his last 16. And, you know, again, the, just the, the monster jump that Corlin Sutton took from year one to year two. I mean, I, I'd still feel be feeling really good about these guys and, and not, not trying to bail or anything like that. Yeah, I totally agree. Michael Gallup might be uh, one of the one of the biggest dynasty buys right now just because of that concern that C.D. Lamb is – has brought and it, again you kind of mentioned it with the Cowboys they're they're going to score a ton of points and just like we want pieces of the Chiefs offense just like we wanted pieces of the Rams offense a couple of years ago we should be wanting as many pieces of the Cowboys offense as we can and if it's Michael Gallup on, on the cheap then that's a good way to go even if it's Blake Jarwin I know I know Evan's been a big uh, Blake Jarwin guy this offseason. People don't realize this, but yards per play last year, the Ravens were at 6-1, the Chiefs were at 6-2, Dallas was at 6-5, by far number one in the league. 
Evan, uh, we talked about Judy and Lamb, the second and third wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft, the first wide receiver drafted, and and you were on to this one before it happened, was Henry Ruggs. He goes to the Raiders, and, and Dynasty players are really conflicted on this one as well. Again, the the, the theme of this show is, is tough decisions, and, and Henry Ruggs presents a lot of tough decisions. How should we be valuing him? Um, what role is he going to play in, in, uh, in Las Vegas for the Raiders? Because not only do they add him, but they add Brian Edwards, they add Lynn Bowden and does being the, the wide receiver one in the NFL draft, does that equal first round rookie draft capital or should it at least? So what are you doing with Henry Ruggs? How early are you willing to take him in a rookie draft? I I still think that he should be pretty firmly in the first round. Um, I mean, the the draft capital obviously is really working in his favor. Um, the target competition is not imposing uh, in Oakland. I mean, I, I like Hunter Renfro. You know, he had, he had a nice rookie season, but he's still Hunter Renfro. Um, Tyrell Williams, I mean, he – who knows what's going to happen with him. He could be replaced by Brian Edwards, you know, as soon as like, you know, the uh, November or, you know, and, and certainly I would expect that by uh, 2021. Um, so I think the target competition is not the, – the quarterback situation is is questionable, I think. Um, but I, I think that they're going to get – that Henry Ruggs is not just going to be like, you know, a lid-lifting, uh, downfield, low-volume, vertical receiver. I mean, I think that they're going to try to get him the ball in short in, in the short area and, and let him work after the catch. I mean, I think that there's a, an argument to, make, to be made that – that might be the the best way to impl- to deploy uh, Henry Ruggs is to use him as a um, you know in, in the short passing game quite a bit as well as having him run a lot of vertical routes. Um, but I mean, I think that he definitely belongs in the first round. I think that he belongs right after all these guys that we have discussed so far. I'm not as high on him. He's my 13th ranked rookie, and I have. Judy Lamb, Rager, Pittman, Jefferson, Ayuk ahead of him on the receiver list. But I think he influences that offense a great deal. I think you're 100% right that he's not Ted Ginn, Deshaun Jackson. He's going to get more volume than that. But I can't see him running out routes and comebacks and digs. And I still think he's going to be a few route type of guy. And I don't know how long Carr and or Mariota will be there. I don't trust them to pull the trigger deep enough with this guy either. And I think he's a great football player, but I like him more for the NFL than I do for fantasy. Evan, maybe the the biggest post-draft riser in dynasty rookie drafts has been Keyshawn Vaughn. He lands in the third round with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, And just like we knew we would chase any running back drafted by the Chiefs, we knew dynasty players would be chasing any running back drafted by the Buccaneers as well. In this case, it's Keyshawn Vaughn who entered the draft viewed as as a talented back, but with, with certainly with limitations. What are you doing with him? I've seen him in the first round a ton. Are you spending a first round pick on Keyshawn Vaughn? Probably not. And yeah. um, and I, I liked Keyshawn Vaughn a lot before the draft. I did not think he would go that high. I really didn't think that a lot of these running backs would go as early as they did. I mean, Cam Akers went in the second round. I thought he'd be maybe like a third or fourth rounder. A.J. Dillon went way higher than <laughs> he would go. Zach Moss at, at 86, I mean, I thought that he would be a fifth or sixth rounder. And Keyshawn Vaughn, I thought, would be fourth, fifth, or sixth rounder. He went number 76 overall 
like smack dab in the middle of the third round. Um, I, I, I liked him. Uh, I, I thought that he was, you know, I liked his versatility. I liked that he averaged like over six and a half yards per carry in the SEC playing at Vanderbilt with very little offensive line help. You know, he showed the ability to uh, break tackles. Um, he could pass protect. He could, he could catch the rock. And, you know, he goes to a situation where I think the Bucks are, are going to – I don't think they're going to be nearly as explosive and play with as much urgency as they did last year. But, I mean, it, you know, if he can earn Tom Brady's trust right away, I mean, I think that he's not going to come off the field in Tampa Bay. Like, is, is Ronald Jones going to earn the trust of – of Tom Brady, like I, I don't, I, and that's tough to that's tough to envision. At the same time, like this window is kind of small with Tom Brady, and I mean, I just think we're going year to year, really, with with with, Ke- with Keyshawn Vaughn. And the landing spot was good enough; he's talented enough um, to be a, a year one producer. But I, I don't think he's worth a, a dynasty, a first round dynasty pick in in a year where I think that although these guys, a lot of these guys are tough to rank, there are a lot of really good prospects. I think I think it's a it's a deep year. I think he's had a great chance to be the Bucks' most valuable running back this year, but they could draft right past him a year from now. Yeah, yeah, that's sure. that's kind of what I was going to say, Matt. He feels like a guy who you you take the big production this year and you immediately sell him in mm-hmm. in January for a profit. Uh, you take him in the early second now, sell him for a first rounder next year, and and maybe they will draft. Uh, they draft another running back, or Brady retires. Something, lots of paths for Keyshawn Vaughn to lose value uh, after what could be a, a productive rookie season. Evan, last uh, last tough decision we want to get your thoughts on in rookie drafts, and uh, this one's pretty wide open. We talked a lot about f- uh, potential first round rookie picks. Who do you like in the second round, or or, or even deeper? Who's uh, a guy or a couple guys you would be targeting uh, outside of the top twelve? I mean, I think that we can all agree that Pittman absolutely belongs locked into the first round. I love him. Um, yeah, yeah. How about Ayuk? Is 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 his ADP second round? Yeah, he's he's an early second rounder. He's looking like like fifteen overall, something like that. Yep, great landing spot. I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to know exactly how to use this guy. He reminded me a lot of Chris Godwin coming out and I think that he's going to be able to play inside quite a bit. Debo Samuel was mostly, although he, he moves around a lot, but he was mostly perimeter uh, in year one. And I think that Ayuk is going to end up playing more inside uh, kind of like Emmanuel Sanders. And, you know, obviously he's a, a much younger, more explosive version of the Emmanuel Sanders that the 49ers had down the stretch last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would probably say Brandon Ayuk, um, and he's another testament to just how much talent really is flowing in these first two rounds. Evan, do you have strong feelings about Antonio Gibson? He's my 22nd ranked rookie, and I feel like I could absolutely get burned on him, you know, that there's a lot of ability there. But every rookie draft I see, he goes five picks before I would have taken him. I just wish I kind of knew what he was better. I mean, I, I know it's he could be a running back. He could be a receiver. He's really fast, and he touches the ball. He does great things. But the NFL is not a great place to learn mm-hmm. a new trade. No, I, I, I completely agree with what you just said. I mean, this guy had 77 touches in his college career. Mm-hmm. You know? He was a great return man. But, yeah, we don't really know how the Redskins are going to use him. 
it seems like I mean he's listed as a as an RB on uh, their web their website. I, you know that's not that's grain of salt stuff, but I just, I, it was a weird pick. I remember learning about Antonio Gibson in like February and being like, "Oh man, this guy's a nice sleeper for you know for day three. Yeah, right. Yeah, and this dude goes like sixty six overall to you know as like a, a, a an inexperienced gadget player to a team that is you know, I guess in full re- rebuild mode. And I, he seemed like a guy like, you know, maybe the Saints take in the fifth round, but the Redskins took him, you know, like he's going to be a key feature part of their offense, which I, I get, you can spin that positively. You can absolutely spin that positively. Like they, they don't have playmakers in Washington. So he's half, he's going to have to be, but he's, he's scary to me because he went from a guy that I thought was going to be like, you know, like a legit, like day three sleeper, to someone who I think was overdrafted by, you know, uh, an organization that I, I don't trust the organization. Yeah. And you're hearing things now like, Oh, he could be the McCaffrey. Like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. <laughs> you know, yeah. Come on now. yeah I, I heard that. I was like, okay. You know, I just... <laughs> right. Anybody can do that. <laughs> yeah. Evan, a lot of those same things are being said about Lynn Bowden in, uh, in Oakland or in Vegas, I should say with the Raiders. Uh, he, he too gets that surprising, uh, somewhat surprising, at least day two draft capital third round. And like Gibson, they announce Bowden as a running back. He, he was a wide receiver in his college career. He moves to quarterback. He basically served as, as a running back out of the quarterback position or a, a wildcat quarterback. What do you think about him? Now, the, the good thing about him is, He's still hanging around that third round of rookie drafts. The hype is not quite built on Bowden like it has on Gibson. Yeah, I I, un- I totally understand where people are coming from and not really know- knowing what to do with Lynn, Lynn Bowden because um, you, it's not easy to you know envision him in a specific you know consistent reliable role. I mean, you live in Kentucky, uh, Ryan. What, what do you think about Lynn Bowden? Personally, I'm I'm excited about him as a prospect because I mean we, we've talked about it on here before, and and I remind people every time I get the chance. I mean, this guy played eight games at the quarterback position with a chance to run the ball, and he led the SEC in rushing. So he he outrushed Keyshawn Vaughn and and DeAndre Swift and uh, everybody at Alabama, everybody at Georgia. So. I mean, he's, he's a special talent. He ends up not working out at the combine, which in a way I was disappointed because uh, I was there and, and wanted to, to see what he could do. But I also know he's not the kind of guy who's, who's going to uh, really show off in that, you know, in that setting. It's not, uh, it's not the, the metrics, the analytics that he's going to shine in. He just, I mean, he's a, just a guy who made a play every time basically every time he had the ball uh, for Kentucky. So I was I was really surprised to see him drafted and, and being considered a running back. I think, you know, Bowden's a nice guy to take a chance on in the third round, but probably more important for dynasty players is what this says, along with bringing back Jalen Richard, along with signing Devontae Booker yesterday. It's what this all says about Josh Jacobs, are they just never going to give this guy any targets? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely worse. Yeah, so Jacobs, I mean, Jacobs is a, a second round, 
second round dynasty startup pick and we we've hated on Derrick Henry for years and and his his dynasty value has been uh has been suppressed because he wasn't involved in the passing game and now one year in Josh Jacobs is he seems to be on that same path what's Bowden costing you nowadays in rookie drafts though yeah Outside, yeah he's, he's a third rounder basically in in all of them Okay. So, okay. Uh, I, I would be buying Lynn Bowden in the third and avoiding Josh Jacobs in the second round of startup drafts. Like you'd take Bowden over P. Yeah. Ryan oh, yeah. or oh, yeah. th- those type yeah. of guys. Well, I, okay. I would. Okay. I'm also a little biased, though. <laughs> a little. Evan, uh, Bowden, I mean, th- there's there's a good group of the, these backup running backs, Bowden and Gibson being two of them, but P. Ryan – uh, Joshua Kelly with the Chargers, uh, Zach Moss we mentioned. Do you have a favorite one of those guys you would be targeting? Maybe it is Bowden or, or Gibson? Yeah, I think I would take um, Bowden and Gibson over those other guys. I think that I like maybe Josh Kelly better than Pirine and um, DJ Dallas uh, because I think that Josh Kelly – can really emerge as the Chargers leading rusher. Yeah. Um, and I think he's, you know, good enough to remain involved to some extent in the passing game. And um, I mean, look, I, I love Austin Eckler, but I think that we have gone from, you know, oh, he can't run between the tackles. Oh, he can't carry the load, you know, and then he crushes. And then we kind of jumped the shark a little bit on him because, I mean, I think that that offense is going to be, be the great unknown for a while. And, um, he, I mean, I, I love him as a player, but man, a lot of his, so much of his value was derived from Philip Rivers, who was so good as a screen pass thrower, you know, knowing when to check the ball down. I mean, the list goes on with all these guys that he has propped up over the years. Danny Woodhead, uh, Darren Sproles, um, you know, I mean, he, and now Austin Eckler. And um, I think that losing Philip Rivers is really going to deal a, a, a big, blow to him. And um, I think that the way that the offense uh, will move forward is, is they're going to have a guy on early downs and it's not going to be Austin Eckler. And there's a good chance, maybe really good chance that that's Josh Kelly. What do you think of Darrington Evans along those lines? Like I look at him and think this year, maybe he gets 25% of the touches and next year, there's no way I'd invest in Henry. Maybe he gets 55 or 60% of the touches. Like, I don't think you have to squint too hard to think he's in a good spot a year from now. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, you can also tell a story that, hey, they couldn't figure out how to use Deion Lewis. How are they going to use Darren mm-hmm. right. Evans? I think Evans is a lot more straight line-ish than Lewis, and I think he's a little more like, like Henry than he is like Lewis, even though he's smaller. Track runner. Yep, yep. I mean, I think that he just right in that, that middle middle to late third round, Darrington Evans, pretty good pick. Yeah, yeah. Evan, what you were saying about Eckler leads right in, or potentially at least leads right into uh, our last couple topics, going away from rookie talk a little bit. Uh, let's let's give the people some trade advice. Who are some players that you would put in that category of sell while you can? Meaning, you're worried that these guys are going to see a value loss, maybe a significant value loss in 2020 and that could be highly valued players or maybe it's some guys just on their last legs yeah i was just talking about this with uh rich rich rebar and 
Uh, we both agreed that Austin Eckler is um, a sell high. Hmm. And then God, he mentioned another dude who now I can, now I cannot remember who it was, but it was a great suggestion. I'm going through our texts. Oh, he <laughs> oh he suggested Kenyon Drake. Mm, yeah. I, I'm, pro- I'm probably not right there with him on Kenyon Drake. It's a little aggressive. Yeah, because I, I want to have him this year. Because I yeah, think, exactly. Yeah, I think he's going to matter. Well, this this 2020 could – I mean, Kenyon Drake could be the Austin Eckler of 2020, basically. True, yeah, no, that, that's – Trade him a year from now. Yeah, exactly. I, I just did a trade – with Scott Barrett and uh, TJ Calkins in uh, Scott's league, that uh, where I I bought on uh, Juju and T Y Hilton. I, I like it already. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I gave up two future first round uh, rookie picks, but yeah, I, I I love buying on Juju right now. I that Ed Bouchette report where he's unlikely to be resigned by the Steelers. I was just like. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, this guy is, is, has had, with the exception of last year, where just everything went wrong for that offense. I mean, everything went wrong for that offense. And this guy's had an incredible beginning to his year. As a, a Pittsburgh guy, Matt, I'd like to get your take on James Conner. Could, could he be a buy? Because I feel like his stock has just crashed. Yeah. First of all, Ed is – extremely dialed in he's been doing this since i was four years old i mean like he knows everybody and that organization never changes ed doesn't report things that aren't true i don't think the juju mold is cast yet but i do do think that they were pretty much taking a receiver in the middle of the second round no matter what because is juju worth 19 million you know i mean just the number is going to be so extravagant but they like him, and he last year was not a good way of judging Juju. Connor, to me, is almost a no-brainer. Like, I think he is one and done in Pittsburgh. He can't stay healthy. He doesn't secure the football well enough. And I, I just think they'll run him into the ground and send him on his way, but they can't trust him. Well, right now we're looking at Devontae Freeman, who has been productive. He's got an RB1 overall season under his belt, but he's also battled a lot of different injuries. And James Conner could be the same way next year. He could hit free agency and just not find a home, or at least be, be very fluttering around. Out yeah, there be very slow yeah. to find a home. Uh, Evan, last one. You mentioned Juju as a guy you like to buy. Anybody else that you would put in that buy before it's too late? Buy before their price really skyrockets. Um. Actually, one of the pieces that I gave up in that trade was Gerald Everett, and I did not like giving up Gerald Everett. But um, you know, I wanted to get Juju and, and Ty Hilton, and so I had to give up you know something that I, I didn't like parting with. And I think that Gerald Everett is a pretty good buy. I think that um, well, first of all, he played ahead of Tyler Higby, who everybody loves right now, and has had five good games in his career. Um, yeah. I mean that's a little bit scary with how people how aggressive people are being on Tyler Higby and yeah, he's, he's he's a he's a dynasty tight end one right now in ADP. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think his uh, in redraft on uh, FFPC he's the tight end six. Oh, yeah. In, in wow. Yeah, um, and Gerald Everett played ahead of him until Gerald Everett got hurt. Gerald Everett played pretty damn well. I do think that they're going to use more two, two tight end sets as they did down the stretch. I think you'll be able to get a little use out of Gerald Everett. And he's in a contract year, 
And I mean, I think that he could go to a, a landing spot and become, you know, a, a, a real big part of, of an offense. I mean, he's a great, great athlete. Um, and I mean, I think that he has improved every year as a player. And I don't think that his cost is going to be all that much. So I think that he is an, interest, an interesting guy to buy, especially in uh, the tight end. That's a great one, Evan, because, I mean, real small school guy, McVay gets to the Rams, trades up to get him, envisions Jordan Reed, and really Everett's done nothing to diminish that. Tight ends take a while to develop. He came from a tiny school. You know, his best football is ahead of him. And you can get him at a discount right now. Um, three tight ends I've been kind of in that neighborhood, but you're just not going to get a discount on. Gusecki, Herndon, and Sternberger, I want as much as I can get of. I think you said you're not go- going to get much of a discount. I think both Sternberger and Herndon are, are, are pretty cheap right now. A little bit of little bit of concern with what the Packers are doing. They bring in the, the day two. Uh, tight end, which is just uh, another head scratcher of a pick by them. Uh, and even though he's not not your traditional uh, tight end, kind of more of an H back type guy, uh, I think there that casts some doubt about Sternberger. But I'm with you; I'd be buying Sternberger and Herndon for sure. Uh, I guess that could be a little bit more expensive, but probably not as expensive he sh- as he should be after a, a top twelve tight end season from him. Yeah, Sternberger, well, you mentioned Agora. I think he's Kyle Juszczyk. He just happens to have a TE next to his name for now until they figure out that he's really a fullback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Evan, great stuff today. Insight on the rookies and, and what to do on some of these tough decisions in rookie drafts. Uh, I, the people already know, but go ahead and just to make sure, tell them where they can find your work. Yeah, you can check me out uh, at Evan Silva on Twitter, Establish the Run. Dot com. Uh, it's great to talk to you. I'm glad that we do this every single year. We did not have the technical difficulties <laughs> we did last year because I, I, I bought a big boy computer. And That's I, right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but thanks so much for having me. Um, and let's do it again. And everyone needs to check out Establish the Run. It is an awesome new site. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Evan. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint. <laughs>